May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So today is the 75th anniversary of the signing of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It was passed overwhelmingly in the United Nations on December 10th, 1948, in the aftermath of the horrors of World War II. Said in this document is the recognition of inher the inherent dignity and of the equal and inalienable rights of all members of the human family. It's set out for the very first time the fundamental human rights that should be universally protected and how those rights are the foundation for freedom and justice and peace in this world we live in. While this document was written by a committee comprised of different legal and cultural groups from all around the world, the idea that each member of the human family is of value and of worth should not be anything new to us. We are followers of Jesus, and he is the one who taught us to love one another and to love our neighbors as ourselves, and that we all are created in the image of God. So fittingly for today, on this second Sunday in Advent, the second candle is lit, and it is known as the peace candle. Though this notion of peace may be hard to reconcile right now with what we're seeing on the news, with the front pages of the major newspapers filled with the images of death and war. And yet, even so, whatever is happening in our own lives or in the world, Advent still comes. And Advent is a time of waiting, of expectation, for a baby to be born. Born in an obscure backwater town, in an occupied land, in a world that is torn by strife, hatred, division, and poverty. And it seems like not much has changed in our world. Rowan Williams wrote that Advent is, it's both a season of joyful expectancy, but it's also a season of poverty, the deep poverty of the imagination where we can only stand helplessly for the outrages of the world utterly at loss for a word of meaning or hope. So where is the good news for us today? And then we hear Mark's gospel, a lesson that begins with almost a jarring proclamation 
This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. No fanfare, no lead-in, no lovely stories about a baby, or angels, or shepherds, or their sheep. Instead, we have John the Baptist bursting on the scene. John, the prophet, with the strange clothes and the weird dietary habits. But here's the thing. The beginning of the good news happens in the middle of the desert, in the wilderness, far, far from places of power and places of comfort. The good news is cried out in the unexpected places of our lives. It comes in the hard places, those times when it all seems just too much to bear. Places we would rather not be. Most of us have grown up with all of the sentimentality that surrounds the Christmas season. And we forget how truly extraordinary this moment in time was and it still is. That Advent is not just a countdown to Christmas Day. John was pointing the way to something momentous. God, God was coming into the midst of our messy, sad, and broken world. Diedrich Bronhofer wrote from his prison cell in Nazi Germany that we have become so accustomed to the idea of divine love and the idea of God coming at Christmas that we no longer feel the shiver of fear that God's coming should arouse in us. We are indifferent to the message, taking only the pleasant and the agreeable out of it. And we forget the serious aspect that the God of the world draws near to the people on our little earth and lays claim to us. The coming of God is truly not only glad tidings, but it's first of all frightening news for everyone who has a conscience. And John's message is probably not what we really want to hear today, but it is the Advent message that we need to hear. John crying out into the wilderness, telling us that we need to straighten up right now, change the directions of our lives, prepare the way of the Lord. There's an urgency to this text. We may not be completely sure what we're preparing for, but whatever it is, we need to do it right now, right this very minute. Stop and listen. Here is some really, really good news. John the Baptist is offering us a moment, a moment of change. It's an invitation to find the moral imagination and the courage to see the world differently, a kinder and a gentler world, to turn away from whatever is separating us from God and from one another. 
And John reminds us that this, this waiting, it's not a passive action. We are being called to live our lives in hope, to dream of a better world, to work toward a better world, a world as it could be, as it should be, not as it is. We are being called to proclaim God's message of justice, that we're all, all of us are created in the image of God. All of us, everywhere, equal value and equal worth in the sight of God. John the Baptist cries out in the wilderness to prepare the way. It's an invitation to listeners then and now to follow, to follow the way of Jesus. And I get that most of us would really prefer the Advent be a comfortable season with all of the lovely decorations and the Christmas carols and the sparkling lights and the Christmas cookies, baby in the manger and the angels and all of that. I like all of that too. We would really prefer, we would really not want to be, we don't want to be in the wilderness with John. But it is in the wilderness where we hear John's message of hope and promise. And it is in the wilderness, in the hard places of our lives, the hard times in our life. And in this world of uncertainty, we hear the words of the prophet Isaiah, comfort, oh comfort my people. So today, on this second Sunday in Advent, we light the peace candle and we remember that 75 years ago today, that a diverse group of people of different cultures, religions, and ethnicities came together to affirm the value and dignity of every human being. A time when nations came together with the hope of peace on earth for all of God's children. As Advent promises us a new beginning, we recognize this profound spiritual truth that peace is not just the absence of war, but a peace that is life-changing and life-giving for everyone, everywhere. We are being called. We are being called to be the voices crying out in the wilderness of a world that at times seems to have lost its way, crossing the lines that separate us, finding ways to reassert compassion, repudiating hatred and divisions, reclaiming the gospel imperative to love one another as we are so loved. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the people will see it together. And that is good news.